Oh my goodness, it's basketball season. We've got plenty of football, of course, here on the program, and actually a lot of golf and soccer and volleyball, so we'll get it all for you. But basketball practice actually begins today at the MUMA, so it's going to be a busy Tuesday for yours truly and on Unlimited. Remember, Tuesdays mean the Jeff Scott Press Conference, which we carry live right at around 11.30, basically. Could be a few minutes late, depending on how practice goes on a Tuesday morning, but that's always what we bring to you live, and then I'll be Heading over to the MUMA because Brian Gregory and Jose Fernandez are also going to be speaking to us today and we'll have the carte blanche to watch practice so we'll be having a good time. And Keep an eye on my Twitter page obviously at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P for photos, maybe some videos from practice as well. We'll kind of give you the overview here of basketball and I also realized that on yesterday's show we we're trying to squeeze in a lot to get it in for the 30-minute constraint, and I had said I was going to mention new additions to the basketball schedule, and I forgot to, which I feel bad enough about, but we'll make up for it on this program. We'll also have some clips in our second segment from the football radio show. Always learn a lot on that program, and you'll see what I mean when you hear from Jeff Scott, along with the guests on yesterday's show, Cam Aiken and Jaron Mangum. Golf did get underway in a couple of events, the men were in really great shape in theirs, and the women off to a okay start in Vail, Colorado, but still continuing today in their event out there while the men are hoping to bring home a victory. We'll get to that at the end of the segment. We'll start off with basketball so I can first of all get the stuff that I forgot to mention yesterday out of the way, and that is, remember when we told you about the Bulls' non-conference schedule being announced, and I thought it seemed a little unusual that there was a three-week gap in the schedule. Well, that gap has been closed with a couple of games, including one more at the Yingling Center. So plenty of chances to see the guys at the Yingling Center. And oh yeah, at Amelie Arena. Details on that in a moment. But it seems strange that there were no games on the schedule from November 24th to December 14th. Now there are two, including the one that we said was on the Boston College slate. And now it's on the Bulls slate at GoUSFBulls.com. They go to Boston College. That is Monday, November the 29th. And then that Friday, December the 3rd, the Bulls will be playing South Carolina State. There are going to be plenty of opportunities for doubleheaders at the Yingling Center. We'll break those down more as we get closer to the season, but the first night of the season, of course, presents one of those November the 9th, which is a Tuesday. The men will be playing Bethune-Cookman, the women going up against Texas Rio Grande Valley. And again, we'll be speaking to both head coaches today and watching some practice for you. Now, another cool thing, and if... As if you didn't know, you're thinking about getting season tickets, which go on sale tomorrow. This is part of that package. Even though it's not at the Yingling Center, the men are playing Auburn and will be at Amelie Arena. This was officially announced yesterday. It's a Friday night game, November the 19th, 7 o'clock. It'll be the Bulls going up against the Auburn Tigers, and you get to showcase it at Amelie. Auburn last year, actually below 500, so the last time they had a chance to make the NCAA tournament and could have made a deep run was two years ago when they went 25-6, and and as you all know, there was no NCAA tournament. The last one that they made, they made it to the Final Four in 2019, so Bruce Pearl's team obviously is going to be talented, and that's going to be probably a pretty nice crowd at Amelie Arena, so make sure you head up usfbullsticks.com or call my friends there at the ticket office at 1-800-GO-BULLS on Wednesday if you want to get in on season tickets for the men and or the women. And of course, we'll talk more about the individuals after we see them in action at practice, but there are a lot of new names to become familiar with. The Bulls return just four from last year's team. 
Caleb Murphy, of course, got plenty of action as a freshman. Russell Chiwa underneath, Jameer Chaplin, and Mark Kayea in his fourth season and recently no longer a walk-on on scholarship. A lot of players that can shoot the ball transferring in. Javon Green, I think, is going to be a big-time standout for the Bulls. Jake Foggs, listed at 6'8", I think he's more like 6'10". Can really shoot the three, as can Sorrell Smith, the kid from St. Pete High. Sam Hines Jr., who is a pretty solid scorer for Denver in one year and was the guy whose team beat Caleb Murphy's team in the Georgia State Finals a couple years back, not that long ago. And he was kind of the go-to guy for that team. So I think Sam Hines Jr. is a name that we'll be talking about a little bit. Underneath, they've added SEC transfers, Corey Walker and Jalen McCreary, both go 6'8". Byron Matos from out on the left coast, 6'9". Definitely a post player. A swing player who can also shoot the three from junior college, DJ Patrick. And two freshmen, Trey Moss, who's from the state of Florida, as is, and this is a new name, and I'll ask... BG about him, Lamont Evans, who is from Ely High School, and his team has recently won a state title against Lakewood Ranch. So that's your set of Bulls, and we'll be seeing them, of course, in action on Tuesday. The women's team is going to be a lot more familiar names, even though some key new ones have come to the fore. A couple from Memphis won a point guard who was their starting point guard right from the jump as a freshman, Ariel Wilson, and Dulcie Fankamengiadu, who is a double-double machine and just is coming back from Afrobasket, which is basically the African National Tournament. And Cameroon, which is her country, hosted this thing, and she performed darn well starting for the team. They got to the semifinals with a solid run in group play, lost by one point, and in that game, by the way, 12 points and 12 rebounds for the six foot four power forward for the Bulls. Shea Leverett's still going to be the center. It's actually going to be interesting to see how Betty Menunga, Dulcie Fankamengiadu, and Shea Leverett kind of coexist. I, I know they love each other, but it's going to be hard to have them all on the floor at the same time. So you might actually have upperclassman Shea Leverett be off the bench and Dulcie play center. We'll ask Coach. Fernandez, what the plans are for that group. Betty actually can handle the ball a little bit, so if they wanted to go big, she would probably be the three in that situation. But it's fun stuff to think about. She also had, in group play, a 16.18 rebound performance. They also have another new player that can help out in the rebounding department, Odeth Betancourt, who is a junior college transfer. Patience Williams, also a JUCO player who can contribute. And then the other new player is a true freshman from Jacksonville, Bella Weary. The rest, names you'll be familiar with. I just mentioned Betty and Shea. Plenty of players who can shoot the ball on the women's side as well, of course. Point guard Aliza Pinzon running things. Sydney Harvey with the great outside stroke. Same with Maria Alvarez. Elena Chinecki can do it all. Sarah Guerrero, who contributed as a freshman. Christina Romejo, who's kind of a do-it-all, especially on defense player. And Miha Mihalilazic, that is your entire roster. And we'll be looking forward to seeing them again and giving you a little recap on Wednesday's show. Hey, speaking of recaps, if you head to our Unlimited Unloaded page and you check out the shows that we post, I'll admit it with two volleyball matches to call and, of course, a full day with football on Saturday. I was kind of lax in getting Friday's show up there. I just posted it up there, even though the interviews with volleyball head coach Jolene Shepardson, along with setter Eka Dennison, are dated as far as referencing conference play beginning. It still was fun to get to meet Eka officially, and boy, did they again put forth a great effort. 
But if you go up there and you check out Around the American, I knew that I could make it a longer show just with football and the other sports now all going at once. Ended up being about 25 minutes. And if you'll hear at the end of the show, I mention how the American Athletic Conference, and this is something that the ADs can vote on, uh, decided to strip the track and field hosting rights from Houston because they are a departing institution. And this is in their bylaws. Well, I kind of referenced softball with the conference tournament being in Greenville, North Carolina, forgetting, or never really knowing because it's so far ahead, that the softball tournament was supposed to be in Orlando this year, and that's why it's not. So these teams that are leaving the league are feeling the wrath, might be a strong word, but either way, it's kind of interesting. And there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened in the conference in football and in the other sports over the weekend with soccer and volleyball all rolling along. And soccer is about to roll back onto the pitch at Corbett Stadium tomorrow night. It will be the men's War on I-4. We'll have lots on that on tomorrow's show, including some audio from Bob Butehorn. Hate to call it a must-win because, truthfully, it's not. If you want to break it down and be honest here, right now the way it's going with the six teams, four of them make the conference tournament. It's a battle for fourth place because it really does seem likely unless... Maybe the Bulls can catch up to UCF. It really does seem likely that Tulsa and SMU are going to go one and two and at least finish in the top three and are just really strong teams. UCF right now looks like it's the third team, but hey, maybe the Bulls will prove that theory wrong tomorrow night. But the other two teams, quote-unquote Temple and Memphis, who alongside of USF are 0-2, are going to be jockeying for that fourth position because, yeah, listen, if you get to the conference tournament, anything can happen. But if you don't, well, then your season's going to end. So tomorrow's game is important, and of course the next game for the Bulls is at Tulsa, so you you don't want to think about it, but it's possible that the Bulls could start 0-4 and still have a good shot of making the conference tournament just because they haven't played Memphis or Temple yet, and they're going to get them both twice each, I think. Whoever wins that individual situation, that round robin, if you will, is going to be in the conference tournament, but having said that, If you can add a result against one of the other three teams, it ups your chances. So that's the importance of tomorrow's game. And we look forward to bringing it to you on USF Bulls Unlimited. The women's soccer team is seemingly comfortable to make the conference tournament. They always do. Six teams out of the nine will get in. That is going to be a lot tougher road this year to finish in first place because on the road is where the Bulls have to go against Memphis and UCF. And that used to be kind of the three teams that were competing for that top spot. But this year, you got to add in SMU, and you got to add in Houston, which just scored eight goals on Friday night against Pine Bluff. And that's who the Bulls play on Thursday night. I'll talk to, of course, Denise Shilty-Brown, the head coach, before that game. We'll also try and get to a practice and talk to Lucy Roberts, as she, by the way, is the defensive player of the week. Based on the Bulls' performance, shutting out Tulsa on Friday night, getting the Very late goal in double overtime with about a minute to go to beat the Golden Hurricane, courtesy of Madeline Penman-Durston, who was on the weekly honor roll announced by the league on Monday for that goal. And also Sidney Martinez made the honor roll for posting the shutout. But Lucy, it's been an interesting year for her. Last year was interesting. She was hurt for more than half the games, didn't get to play. This season, maybe a little bit slower as far as rounding into perfect football shape. I call it football because Lucy Roberts calls it football. She's from England. And she was actually pulled from some games early. And one game pulled in the first half and did not return. But she has rounded into more full form of late and gets 
the deserved honor. Of course, she actually scored a goal, a valuable goal in that comeback win against East Carolina a couple of Thursdays ago. The Bulls in their last three games were losing with seven minutes left. She tied it. Of course, famously, the Bulls fell behind again before Sidney Nicello answered with about two minutes left, and the Bulls win in overtime. So that was three games ago. They score in overtime to win. They got tied up by FGCU, but Sidney Nicello on a header on a pass from Lucy Roberts got the goal with about 10 minutes left, and then again with one minute left in double overtime. So the Bulls are 7-2-1, and one, but their last three games could have gone the other way. So let's see if they can jump on Houston. That's going to be a tough team to do so against. That's going to be a fun game to bring you on Thursday night. And again, the Bulls got the win last weekend without three starters Two look like they're going to be longer-term injuries, both hurt against FGCU. Paula Liblick and Kiara Hahn, the team was also without Sabrina Wagner. It did get back Megan Cavanaugh, who had the assist on the goal. By the way, Lucy Roberts, along with Cheyenne Dennis and Rosalia Moeno-Gonzalez, all played the full game, as did Vivian Bissett, who started off that goal sequence. Sidney Nacello played the whole game. Usually she gets a break, so that's kind of the difference with having those extra players available and not. Right now the Bulls are having to put some players out there for a little bit longer time. Katie Kitching by far had her longest outing of the year, getting the start essentially in the spot of LeBlick and going 85 minutes in that game. And Kaylee Verpale talked to Denise Schilte-Brown for Friday's show and she said that Kaylee was going to be a big factor. She essentially became your Sabrina Wagner, so standout efforts there off the bench by several Bulls. And again, Megan Cavanaugh was able to return from a hamstring injury and also give them 69 minutes. She had four shots in the game. That has the Bulls 2-0 and in conference play. Volleyball team is 0-2 in conference play, but man, listening back to those matches against Cincinnati and East Carolina, really encouraged by a lot on the team. Yes, they had their issues finishing off the Bearcats, and yes, they had their issues with serve in the clutch moments against the Pirates, but so many thrilling moments in both of those matches. We'll continue to replay them for you on Bulls Unlimited 2 and remind you that next weekend, the volleyball team will be back at home for two matches, and we will be employing Bulls Unlimited 2 with Jim Lauk on the call on the Sunday match because women's soccer will be playing at the same time. And then after that, the following Wednesday, October the 13th, the match will be at the Yingling Center, which of course is right there attached to the corral, so it's not a big change as far as distance goes, but as far as the venue and the crowd, it should be a special moment. So hopefully you can mark down on your calendar that Wednesday night, October the 13th at the Yingling Center, Volleyball War on I-4 in the big arena. And of course, yours truly will be on the call if you can't make it. Said that both golf teams were underway. Let's tell you how it went on the day one, actually day one and a half for the men's team because they were slated to play two full rounds in Glencoe, Illinois at the Winden Memorial, but darkness suspended play. And the Bulls were in second place, one shot behind Notre Dame. They had the third best round of the field, round one, a six under 278, led by Albin Bergstrom's three under 68. He birdied his last three on the front nine and finished with the birdie on 18. Two under par for Luke Gifford. Also, Run Yu Prayong was 
one under 70, and the score was rounded out actually by the fifth golfer in the starting lineup, Ian Peng, getting his first start for the Bulls, shot an even par 71 while Sam Nicholson was three over. The round that was not completed, but was good enough to have the Bulls in that second spot overall. Really what you want, consistency. The Bulls didn't have anyone shooting an extremely low number, but they had everybody between two under and one over. Sam Nicholson, who scored in count in the first round, had a run of three straight birdies, even though he came back down to a one over with three holes to play. Two under, Luke Gifford was leading the way for the Bulls with four holes left on his round. Alvin Bergstrom at one under, along with Peng, and then Run Yupreyong had a bogey on seven, and everything else was a par. So that had the Bulls one shot behind Notre Dame, but a lot of teams right behind them. Marquette two shots back alongside of Washington, one more shot back to Georgia Tech and Kansas, Northwestern at five under. So the Bulls by no means have second place locked up, and of course Notre Dame is just barely ahead of them it is going to be a big Tuesday that we'll be keeping an eye on through a round and a half Luke Gifford and Alvin Bergstrom's totals were 400 which had them tied for fifth individually but I think the team effort is what the Bulls are thinking about now because it looks like they have a chance to win that one and on the women's side out in Colorado the Golf Week Red Sky Classic USF was tied for 15th in a field of 20 with a seven over score Northern Arizona and East Tennessee State tied at nine under par. Bulls were led by Melanie Green, one under 71. Shooting two over was Ana Maria Pariga and three over 75s by Morgan Baxendale and Ashley Zager. So on tomorrow's show, we'll have a roundup, a final roundup for how the men did and a through two rounds update on the women. They'll finish their tournament on Wednesday. Coming up next, some clips from the football radio show if you might have missed it. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.